It's great to see you all. Um, this is kind of what sort of kicks off psychologically, you know, the new year, the new season, the new challenges uh, for us. I hope you've had a great summer. Uh, we certainly always enjoy our summer. It's great family time. It's the one time from a coaching perspective that you get a little downtime and you have an opportunity to have family reunions, um, develop relationships with people that you've been close to, uh, and continue to uh, spend time with uh, granddaughters and children and nieces and nephews, and we certainly enjoy that. Um, hope each and every one of you had a very productive and joyous summer. Uh, but I think that this is always about the time, you know, this week uh, when I'm like, start shaking my leg again, start, you know, my knee starts popping, um, that I've had just about enough of sitting around, relaxing, jumping in the lake, playing golf in the morning, uh, and really get excited about, you know, the season. And um, we, we, we sort of look at every season uh, as if, you know, we took a new job, uh, we're starting all over, um, trying to reestablish the principles and values of the organization that, you know, helped us be successful with everybody in the organization. And, you know, our program in Alabama is really all about helping players be more successful in life because they were involved in the program. So there's a lot of personal development things that go on to help them make the kind of choices and decisions that will help them create value for their future and take advantage of their gifts. And uh, obviously um, academics, uh, developing a career off the field. Uh, we really try to emphasize to our players the reason that you go to college is you're, you're trying to prepare yourself for the day you can't play football. I think culturally that's changed a little bit. Um, but it's still the most important thing for a young person, you know, to have that goal in mind, to be able to be successful in developing a career off the field. And we've had a tremendous amount of academic success. We've been one of the national and SEC leaders in graduation rate, APR, uh, the leader in number of players that play their last game with a degree. Um, so we've been very fortunate to be able to help our players, you know, in that regard. I think career development is something that uh, is also an awareness that players should always develop relationships that are going to help them be able to launch their career when they leave. And obviously we want to help guys develop as football players and see if they can have individual success, whether out of Alabama, have team success, maybe be on a championship team and see if they can play at the next level someday. So uh, we want to have the best coaches, the best teachers, the best facilities, the best uh, strength and conditioning, medical staff, nutritionist, you name it. We want to have the best that we can so that, you know, we give every player an opportunity to reach their full, full potential. Um, you know, I think the most important thing for us, you know, in this off season uh, and going into this season is, you know, sort of reestablish the standard uh, that we'd like to play to, um, standard of discipline, uh, also, uh, players that are going to be responsible and accountable to do their job at a high level at a consistent basis and also put the team first. Uh, it doesn't mean you can't have individual goals and aspirations in terms of what you want to accomplish, what you want to do uh, for the team, uh, but it has to be about the team. Uh, I think that, you know, sometimes people see you um, when you um, 
create numbers for yourself and do great individual things, but you really get noticed uh, when you do those things and the team has success as well. And a lot of our players have benefited from their great performance and the team's success in terms of the awards that they've been able to get and the recognition that they've got. And, you know, leadership on every team is also, you know, an important part of being successful because once you establish these principles and values and standards that you'd like to have in the program, you have to have people in the organization who reinforce those. And I think sometimes peer-to-peer -peer, uh, is very effective. Um, and, you know, that's, that's something that I think is important on every team and uh, certainly something that we challenge the leadership on our team to do a great job of this year to help our young players uh, understand the culture and the standard uh, that we'd like to do things to. And I think it's important for those leaders to set a good example, uh, be somebody that the young players on the team can emulate, uh, care enough about them to help them for their benefit, uh, and serve the team well. Uh, because it helps everybody play to a higher standard. Uh, we have some very good players here that have had a lot of success and contributed to the success that we've had at the University of Alabama. Um, you know, Tua here is here and uh, certainly had an outstanding year last year. And Dylan Moses, who was the center of our defense um, and will be the signal caller this year, and certainly a very talented guy who's very productive, and Jerry Judy, who um, won several awards last year as being an outstanding receiver, and uh, certainly a guy that has uh, made a lot of big plays for us at the University of Alabama. So, um, but, I, but I think that um, the key to us, the key to our success, is can we internally reestablish the standard of what we need to do to be the best team that we can be? Uh, and that's got to be something that's done on a consistent basis, and it has to be able to sustain the season. And um, that, that's a challenge for all of us. You know, we have a lot of new coaches um, that I've been very pleased with the new staff that we have. Um, I think. You know, the, the enthusiasm, the excitement, the new energy, new ideas that new coaches bring is always a positive. But I also think that continuity is very important for players in terms of relationships. Um, but the one thing that this coaching staff has been able to do is a great job of establishing relationships with our players, which I think is, you know, the most important thing. You know, we have two new coordinators. Um, both have been in the program before. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian has lots of experience as a coordinator, college and NFL. He's also got plenty of experience in developing very good quarterbacks, which I think is really, really important in college football uh, and has done a really good job in transition. Um, you know, we don't change systems at Alabama. Um, so um, we change the system to uh, effectively take advantage of the players that we have in the program. So that's what we want to do. Um, obviously, we'll do some different things and some new things relative to uh, the new coaches that we have, but we'll also maintain the same system that we've had in the past. You know, Pete Golding is the defensive coordinator, and uh, he was with us last year, um, was sort of associate coordinator last year, so he's got a lot of experience and really a fine young coach who reminds me a lot of some of the other young guys that have come up in the organization and, you know, had a lot of success. Um, you know, I think from a special teams standpoint, um, 
Jeff Banks was one of the best special teams coordinators in the country, and um, we were very successful on special teams last year, even though our specialists were not what we'd like for them to be. Uh, I think we've added some people that may be able to add some consistency, you know, for us in that regard. Um, we're excited about having the opportunity to play in the Chick-fil-A Classic to open the season against Duke, uh, and we're really looking forward to uh, the challenges that the SEC always presents. I think there's going to be a lot of good teams, a lot of good talent. Uh, it's going to be very challenging and uh, always difficult to play on the road in this league. So um, it's going to be important that our players do their very best to get where we need to be to reach our full potential as a team and do it uh, on a consistent basis uh, throughout the entire season. So uh, I'd like to thank you know each and every one of you uh, for what you do to create a lot of interest uh, and a lot of positive self-gratification uh, for our players uh, and college football. I think it's important to the fans that um, they have the kind of access that you provide in terms of information, knowledge, um, and I think uh, that's very important to continue to be able to promote the game on the level that you do um, for the welfare of college football and also the welfare of the players who play it. Any questions? Thank you, Coach. If you have a question, raise your hand. Again, we ask you to stand and give your name and affiliation. Um, we're going to start right here in the center, in the middle. Please stand and give your name and affiliation. Uh, Steven Smith, uh, Touchdown Alabama Magazine. First off, happy to see you here, Coach. Happy to hip surgery went well for you. Uh, my question to you is, Alabama in the last couple of years, they've had strong quarterback play with Tua Tagovailoa and uh, Jalen Hurts. You've had balance. You've had not just talent, but big game experience. My question is, where has Mac Jones grew the most to you? Where has he grown as a player? Where has he grown as a person to? If he was to be in a situation, you feel comfortable with Mac Jones in the offense? Right. Well, Mac has made a lot of improvements. Uh, he's re matured very nicely uh, at the position. I think he's a very bright guy. He's got good knowledge of the position. Um, you know, Mac's a very emotional guy. So uh, we like to try to get guys to play with emotion, but not be emotional. Uh, because sometimes when you get too emotional, you don't make good decisions, and um, that's one of the things that we work really hard, and he's made um, a lot of progress in that area. Um, and, you know, his consistency and performance has been very, very good. He did get to play some last year, so this is not going to be uh, totally foreign to him if he has to go in a game and play, and uh, hopefully we'll have good enough players around him that um, it will help him have a chance to succeed. But we've been pleased with his progress. We're confident uh, that he's capable. Uh, it's our job to be able to get him to a point where he has enough consistency to be able to go in there and play if we need him to. Coach will stay in this front section in the third row right in front of us. Hey, Coach. Jeffrey Winborn with the Daily Mountain Eagle. After the loss to Clemson last season in the national championship, is that something that you or the other leaders in the locker room are using as motivation or an example to get back to the standard you were speaking of? Well, I, I think that uh, if you're a great competitor and you um, are in a game like we were for the national championship and you didn't perform very well and uh, given all the credit to the other team who beat us and took advantage of the opportunities that they have not to take anything away from them, uh, but if you're a competitor, you're going to respond 
uh, in a positive way and learn from the things that you didn't do, whether those things were in preparation, um, game day decisions, um, you know, the habits that you created leading up to the game, uh, the second half of the season, you know, all those things contribute to are we going to be able to have success against one of the best teams or the best team in the country? And we obviously didn't do that. That's my responsibility. But uh, I think that our players learned a lot from that experience. Uh, I think that um, we didn't play with the discipline at the end of the season that we'd like to have as a team. Uh, I don't think that our preparation um, so that we could go in a game and be very responsible and accountable to do our job at a high level on a consistent basis uh, was what it needed to be. And, um, you know, whether or not people were worried about personal outcomes more than they were team outcomes, uh, it's always hard to judge that. But it seems like we had a lot of distractions at the end of the year. So hopefully we learn from those scenarios and that will help us do the things that we need to do to be able to, um, you know, play to our full potential uh, throughout the season. Coach, we'll go over to our left-hand side on the second row. Bob? Hey, hey Nick, Bob Holt, Arkansas Democrat Gazette. I think you're 16-0 you're against your former assistants, seven or eight guys. How, how do you feel about that, Stan? Do you think any of these guys are ever going to beat you? And how much longer? I think you're facing three from this season. Well, I, I think that that's not a very fair stat. You know, uh, all the former assistants that we have uh, that get jobs, they don't take a program over that has the established, you know, talent, culture, and all that that we have at Alabama. So when they get the opportunity to establish those things in their program, they're going to be able to beat Alabama and compete with Alabama. So um, that that's, you know, something that, um, you know, most of the time when you get a job, it's because the guy that was before you didn't do a very good job. So you have lots of work to do to bring that team to that level. And uh, obviously, you know, I think a lot of those guys are going to be able to do that extremely well. Some have done it already. Um, so I think it's a matter of time until those challenges get greater and greater for us. And we'll go in the middle section about three quarters of the way back. Coach Benport, my commercial dispatch. Uh, just when you look at Tua and his progression, obviously he's had a year's, one full year as the starting quarterback. What do you see as kind of his next progression, next step to take going into this year? Well, I, you know, I think Tua is the kind of guy that's never really satisfied, and I think um, he had an outstanding year last year. Um, are there things that he can improve on? Uh, I don't think there's any question about that. Um, you know, toward the end of the season, we turned the ball over a little bit more offensively uh, than what we had in the first half of the season, and uh, I'm sure that he wants to make sure that uh, the decision-making that led to some of those things or something that he can improve on. Um, I, I think that, you know, we'd like for him to learn. Two is a great competitor, so he's going to try to make a play every play. Uh, and sometimes those things have worked out extremely well. Uh, and other times they've led to some disasters. Um, so having a little better judgment about when to say when um, can be an asset from a health standpoint as well as a eliminate negative play standpoint. 
uh, even though sometimes he's done that and, you know, it's worked out great. Uh, so, but we're happy to have him as a leader of our team. Uh, he's got great character. He's a hard worker. Um, he affects his teammates in a, in a really positive way. I think he's very well respected by his teammates. And, um, you know, he's obviously been as productive as anybody at his position in the country. So hopefully we can, we can build on that. Go right here in front of the podium. First row. Good morning, Coach Saban. Uh, Kerry Clark with Bama Central and Starkwood Avenue News. Kind of a two-part question. Uh, on special teams, who are the candidates to replace Josh Jacobs on kick return? And on defense, uh, who, if anyone, is pushing uh, Josh McMillan at inside linebacker? Well, we have several candidates of guys that, you know, are kickoff return guys um, that we think are very capable. Um, you know, Jalen Wall is a great return guy. Is he going to be the kickoff return guy? Maybe. Um, you know, Ruggs is really good at that. Um, you know, we've got several running backs who are pretty good at it. So I don't think that we've made a total decision on that yet. I think that's one of the questions that we have in fall camp is, you know, to how that goes. Uh, we have a couple young linebackers. We'll see how they progress. Um, you know, the thing Josh does is he's been in the program for a long time. Uh, he understands what he has to do to be successful at the position. Uh, he is a thumper. He's very physical. And so, you know, whether he, someone else develops from that core group of linebackers uh, to play with the consistency that we need um, sort of remains to be seen. And. Maybe they can play in regular, maybe they can play in nickel, maybe Josh can play in regular, maybe Josh can play in nickel. So uh, it may be a committee of people at that position who fills roles relative to situations. Stay right in the center and one row behind. Coach, James Benedetto from the Crimson White. Um, a lot of the talk this week with coaches has been about the transfer portal and how the coaches feel about it. I just wanted to get your thoughts on it and do you think it helps or hurts the players? I'm sorry, I didn't really transfer portal. Do no, you think it helps or hurts? Well, I think the spirit of the transfer portal, in and of itself, is um, a positive thing for players. Um, you know, I think when we started with the transfer portal, uh, it was a mechanism for players to be able to say, I'm transferring, so everybody knows that I'm transferring. So if that creates opportunities for me to go different places, then that's a good thing for the player. The issue with the transfer portal is we've gotten very liberal in um, giving people waivers. So when we do that, it becomes free agency. Uh, which I don't think is good for college football. I don't think it's good for fans. So, in my opinion, if we're going to have a transfer portal that's good for the players, then we ought to have a rule that says, regardless of what happens when you transfer, you have to sit out a year. That's how it's been for years and years and years. All right, and now we have, I don't know, at one point in time there were 65 waivers. I, that were given this year. Uh, I mean, so everybody's expectation is, is I can transfer and get a waiver. And I don't think that's a good thing. So we make commitments to players for four years. They make commitments to us to be in our program. 
may not work out for everybody and they may have a better opportunity someplace else, but um, if they had to sit out for a year, uh, it would be a consequence for them in terms of their commitment. Okay, we'll go right down front, AP. AP Stedham, WHEP, AM and FM, Foley, Alabama. Coach, what are some of the traits of a David Cutcliffe coach team, offense, defense, special teams, and what's your relationship with Coach Cutcliffe? Well, we have a tremendous amount of respect uh, for David and uh, what he's been able to do when he was at Ole Miss and we played all the time and um, what he's done at Duke with that program and the success that they've had there. Um, first of all, he's offensively, you know, probably one of the best minds, you know, in this era of our game. Uh, quarterback development, he's very, very um, talented in terms of how he's been able to develop a lot of good players at that position. Um, they're um, offensively, they do a lot of different things, getting empty, do a lot of things to feature the players that they have, and uh, I'm sure they'll uh, do the same thing with the players that they have this year. But uh, I don't know of anybody in the country that's done a better job with the program uh, than he has at Duke, uh, not, not only in terms of uh, taking the program from being fairly unsuccessful to very successful now, um, but also the way he goes about it, the honesty, integrity, um, you know, doing things the way, you know, it's supposed to be done when it comes to college football in terms of emphasizing personal development and academic support and player development. Uh, I just think he's one of the best around. I will go over on the left side alongside the wall. Mike. Coach Mike Bianchi, Orlando Sentinel. Uh, I know you would never reveal the secret to your success, but do you think you've figured out something in program building that maybe a lot of other coaches haven't figured out? No, I, I don't really know the secret to the success other than, you know, we've worked hard and we've been in some really good situations through the years with really good people who are very supportive and um, given us the tools that um, we have that can create uh, value for players uh, so we can attract good players and you know we've been able to develop those players with the knowledge and experience that we have on our staffs and um, you know with what we've been able to create through the years so um, I, I don't really I can't really pinpoint anything um, I know it comes from having really good people in your organization whether it's your administration um, your athletic director and the athletic department, uh, the coaching staff that you have, the kind of players that you're able to attract, um, and the people who can support and influence the players in a positive direction. So um, I, I can't really beyond that. Um, it's a lot of hard work and trying to do things the right way. And you know, I'm sort of a perfectionist by nature, and I know you can't be perfect, but. We're always working to try to close the gap on perfect if we can and uh, get everybody in the organization to try to do the same. We'll just stay down here on the left side, front row, Rob. Yeah, Ron Higgins, TigerDetails.com. Nick, uh, there's been a lot made about your staff turnover, the amount of coaches that have been turned over on your staff. Uh, are you difficult to work for? Well, um, I don't know. You'd have to ask some of the people that work for me. Um, it's always interesting that, you know, they may say that, but then when they get a job and they go do it, they do it exactly like we did it. So, um, 
I don't know. Look, we, we have a difficult job. Um, we have 125 players on our team. Uh, they're all adolescents. Uh, they need a lot of support. They need a lot of direction. They need a lot of leadership. Um, recruiting has become, um, you know, 24-7 um, because we've created a scenario where we have to recruit constantly um, because we're recruiting guys in advance as we move up the recruiting calendar. Uh, so none of this is easy. Uh, and I think when you're in a position of leadership and um, you're trying to make people be accountable and responsible to a standard that's going to help you continue to, to have success, that sometimes you have to make people do things that they really don't want to do, uh, that may be in the best interest of the overall organization. Um, so am I willing to do that? Absolutely. Um, so you have to make a choice and decision. You want to do it right or you want to make everybody happy? All right, no, no different than raising your children. You know, I go through this with Terry, you know, when we were raising our kids. Um, she wanted to make them happy and I wanted to make them do right. So I, I, I don't know. I'd like for him to do right and be happy doing right. That's what I'd like for him to do, and that's, what I, that's the same thing I'd like for our coaches. Well, we've got three final questions. We'll start here in the center in the third row. Please stand. Drew Garman, WZZN Radio, Huntsville, Alabama coach. I wanted to ask you about the addition of Charles Kelly to your coaching staff and also the development of Josh Job and what kind of impact he could maybe have in the secondary. Right. Well, I think Charles Kelly has been a, a wonderful addition to our staff. Uh, he's very knowledgeable. He's got great relationships in um, Alabama and our part of the country uh, in terms of uh, his experience in, in recruiting. Um, very knowledgeable coach. Um, great relationships with the players. Um, really gets along well with the people on the staff and makes a real positive contribution to um, the defensive staff in general because of the knowledge and experience he has having been a coordinator and it's very, very helpful to uh, the development of our defense. Josh Job um, has made a tremendous amount of improvement and uh, has matured very nicely and you know we view him as a guy that is a uh, potential starter uh, and a guy that is playing in a way that uh, throughout the spring that um, we have confidence that if he's a starter, we can, uh, he can be very successful and we can be very successful with him playing corner for us. It will go all the way back in the center section, Coach, all the way in the back. Hey, Nick, Brooks Cabina with The Advocate in Baton Rouge. Uh, following up on the transfer portal part earlier, um, how has the portal changed how you approach adding talent to your roster and also retaining it? Um, we, we, we really... Look, we, we feel like it's a challenge for us to create an atmosphere and an environment for our players that we're providing the leadership and the support to do the things that are going to help them be more successful in life. So, um, you know, if that's not what they want to do um, and they choose not to do it, um, that's, that's got to be their choice. But um, I ask players all the time to... Um, Establish goals for themselves personally, academically, and athletically. 
and then I try to get them to edit their behavior to be able to accomplish those goals. And if their behavior is not in line with that, um, we, we sort of tell them. And some people don't like to believe the truth. You know, there's three things about the truth. And, you know, I tell my kids all the time about, you know, if you don't tell me the truth, I can't trust you. If I can't trust you, we can't have a relationship. Uh, but, you know, truth is important. I think we all have to tell the truth. I think we have to live the truth. But I also think sometimes you got to believe the truth. So when somebody tells you something you really don't want to hear that you might need to do that's going to help you be more successful, um, you got to believe it. Some people have a hard time with that. And if that means they need to leave and go someplace else, then I, I guess there's not a lot we can do about that. But we have not been very active. Um, we're usually full from a scholarship standpoint. So we haven't really been active, um, you know, trying to go and recruit transfers from other schools. Um, we, we look at who's in the graduate transfer pool and if there's somebody that uh, can give us immediately immediate help on our team. Um, we have had several graduate transfers, so uh, we, we really haven't been active at all in you know, that part of how we bring players to our team. Coach, we'll take one final question on the left. Pat, Pat Forty from Yahoo Sports. Nick, there's plenty of talk about what makes a good offensive play caller. What makes a good defensive play caller? Well, I, I think, you know, knowledge and experience is always really, really important in whatever part of the game that you call. And I think good preparation can contribute to that. Um, and I think, you know, having a philosophy of how you apply things in situations in games um, can be, you know, beneficial to being a good signal caller. But I think you have to have a lot of patience when you play defense and you have to have a philosophy of, you know, how, how do we want to play this game? Are we going to be aggressive and blitz a lot and try to create a lot of negative plays? Uh, which also creates opportunities for the other team to make a lot of explosive plays, or are we going to make them execute and drive the ball through, you know, against us, uh, which takes a lot of patience. But uh, I think if you play that way and um, you're aggressive attacking the ball uh, and you play fairly well on third down and in the red zone and you don't give up explosive plays, you know, you kind of become hard to score on. So that's really kind of been more our philosophy of how we try to do it. Um, so, but I, but I tell you, it's very challenging. It's much more challenging nowadays, and I think statistics, you know, bear this out. Uh, I think like our 2010 or some 11 team, I don't know when, gave up 8.7 points a game for the year. And I think now if you give up 15, twice as many as that, um, you know, you'd be one of the national leaders. So it's been more challenging with the advent of the RPOs. Some of the rules that we have in college football, you know, certainly favor the offense, blocking downfield on, you know, passes behind the line of scrimmage. I'm not complaining about the rules. I'm just saying it makes it harder to play good defense um, when you have some of the rules that we have. So, um, and... We try to take advantage of those on offense, to be honest. Coach, thank you for your time this morning. All right, thank you. And again, I'd like to thank everybody here for 
Um, you know, the self-gratification that you bring to a lot of players uh, with your attention and the attention that you give them and uh, how much you enhance uh, our game in terms of interest with fans. Um, I think it's really important to the success of the game long term. So thank you very much.